halfway through. Wow. Had the chance to crown a champion. So much fun to have these championship celebrations, these championship shows. Uh, just a handful every year. If we happen to be on the air the night when it happens, if it's a Friday or Saturday, we don't get the opportunity. But we do with the Texas Rangers in their first World Series title in the history of their franchise. So congratulations to them. If you missed the conversation with long, long-time broadcaster, Hall of Famer Eric Nadell, he joined us from Arizona an hour ago, and we will have that on our podcast Posted right after the show in the morning on Twitter, After Hours CBS, or on our Facebook page. You can also find me on Twitter, A Law Radio. So we've done a little hoops mixed with our baseball. Time to pivot to football because Thursday is the start of week nine in the NFL. You guys, week nine in the NFL. And as I look up on NFL Network, I'm seeing a replay of NFL Total Access. Why does that matter? Well, I'll tell you momentarily. The Commanders were one of the big teams that were in the headlines in advance of the trade deadline and in the wake of the trade deadline, having divested themselves of both Chase Young and Montez Sweat. Now, Ron Rivera, when he stood in front of the microphones on Wednesday, could not answer any questions about Chase Young. The Niners are on a bye, which means that trade, for whatever reason, is not yet official. So Ron Rivera only able to comment on why the commanders traded away Montez Sweat instead of giving him a deal. When you look at some of the things that, that, that have happened for us this year and, and, and in terms of growth and development and looking at what's happening on uh, at the quarterback position, you know, we, we feel really good about who Sam is becoming for us and, and again, looking at some of the things that are going on um, and with the, the compensation we're getting for these players, you know, it's going to give us an opportunity to continue to, to build for the future. And, and, and do things a little differently. Um, so, yeah, there may be a little bit of a shift in terms of the paradigm and how we're going to construct things. You know, and been a lot of things that we have talked about. Um, you know, it's it's been an interesting 10 days probably <laughs> as far as those things are concerned. I would say it's been an interesting few months for the commanders and it remains to be seen what happens moving forward. So now we are pleased to welcome Kimmy Checks, host of NFL Total Access, and also headed to Germany, Frankfurt, as a matter of fact, for a broadcast uh, coming up on Sunday morning. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence here on CBS Sports Radio. Kimmy, you hear what we get from Ron Rivera about the future and moving forward. So these moves by the commanders, what do they say to you? I mean, it's so funny because, you know, we're reacting to all of this in real time and we kind of sit here scratching our heads saying, all right, what the hell are the commanders thinking <laughs> and what does that this move really signal? If you look at the sweat trade to the Bears, you know, there's a huge question mark there because he's not necessarily guaranteed to stay after this season. So it's kind of an interesting conundrum to make that trade and to give up some draft capital, knowing that the Bears aren't necessarily in a hunt this season. And then the move to, you know, have Chase Young join the 49ers, which is already this behemoth of a football squad. Obviously, they've had a little three-week skid of some losses here. But it's just overall, it just shows that, you know, the trades in the NFL, while may seemingly nonsensical to all of us, you know, these GMs and the front offices of these teams are making these strategic moves that maybe we won't see pay off necessarily this season, but for in the future. And I think it's really interesting to look at it through a lens of, all right, 
if, you know, a team like the Bears, for example, are, are making a move like this and, you know, gaining a player, what does this also signal for them after this season? Because I think, you know, week nine, we can start to get an understanding of where the playoffs may take us and what teams may be in that hunt. Um, but it, it's an even more exciting prospect to think far out into next season and beyond. What are these trade moves? What implications do those now make that we're not even aware of? Well, and thinking about it from the Washington perspective, brand new ownership that got in about the time that training camp and preseason were taking place. But Chase Young is a guy that would be valuable on any roster. So I sometimes Mm -hmm. wonder about teams when they start divesting themselves of valuable pieces because you still have to find a good pass rusher if you want to be a winner. Right, right. It's it's very interesting that he thinks they're kind of in a restart and a refresh. And I know, you know, headed into training camp and the preseason, you know, this is a team that had fans lining up for training camp. This is a right. team that are selling out football games. And much of that is because of the reset that they're doing. And obviously, you know, so many fans in Washington are a fan of Chase Young and when he's healthy and on the field, understanding the impact he has. But it signals that they're not, you know, they're not afraid to make large moves to better the organization. And we may not see that payoff right away. But for years and seasons to come, they're intentionally trying to give fans something to be excited about and signal that they're not afraid to make moves for the betterment of the organization. Kind of wonder, too, how things might have been different if they had hung on for that victory over the Eagles on Sunday. But, of course, that didn't happen. And so it changes a lot when you have the back-to-back losses. Uh, So, Kimmy, you mentioned the 49ers. Their defense is formidable. So many veterans, incredible athletes and talent. They do have the three consecutive losses. What stands out to you about this mini skid? You know, a really interesting thing that we're toying with and really talking about is that, you know, beginning of the season when the 49ers were 5-0 and to start, they were playing from ahead. And now that they've had to play from behind, some of those mistakes that we're seeing from Brock Purdy and some of the stutters on the offense are because that there's more pressure. And something that Brock Purdy does beautifully is that he trusts the system, he trusts his play callers, he trusts his receivers to get open and find the ball. But when that pressure starts to come and some of those pieces, you know, fade away, like Debo being out and not in the lineup, that's where some of the hiccups have have happened. So, you know, we think this bye week comes at the best time for them. And hopefully when they come back, they return with Debo healthy and in the lineup. But it really just comes down to adjusting how they're playing these games, because when you're red hot and you're on top all the time, the pressure is not as much there. So you don't feel as inclined to make these last minute decisions where you second guess yourself and you're scrambling and maybe you're overthrowing or you're underthrowing because that pressure is there. So if anything, it's a really good lesson for Brock Purdy and this entire offense and entire team to realize, hey, we're going to be in some situations where we need to play from behind. And now we need to adjust our mindset and abilities to ensure that we can still be competitive and win those games, even when we're not in a lead. Yeah, certainly some teams right now going through adversity, not just the Niners, also the Chiefs, which is interesting because they have been in every situation you possibly can face in the past five years and usually come out on top. We're spending a few minutes with Kimmy Checks. We're really excited to have her on the show for the first time, an analyst from NFL Network and NFL Total Access, which airs nightly at 7 o'clock Eastern on the NFL Network. It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. You have the chance to do an international trip, the Chiefs and the Dolphins. Man, what a matchup for Frankfurt. What's your excitement level as you get a chance to head overseas? 
Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I'm like thinking all of my lucky stars that this is a matchup that I get to head overseas for, especially knowing, you know, it's marquee between two very exciting and high-powered AFC teams. Candidly, and I do not hide this, so maybe I should, I'm from Kansas City, Missouri originally and actually worked with the Chiefs during the preseason. So not only am I a fan of this game, but I'm a fan of one of the teams playing in the game. And I think it's Mm going to be a really exciting opportunity to see both of these teams up close and in person, but also teams that, you know, have a few question marks as great as the Dolphins have been. You know, there's been questions about them winning against teams that are better than, you know, 500 this season. Right. And with some cheat, you know, with the Chiefs, there's some questions on what exactly happened versus Denver. And why is, you know, Mahomes maybe not being as efficient when he's pressured this season? Why does it seem that Travis Kelsey is really the only impact receiver in these big moments? Um, so I think, one, the excitement is through the roof, but two, it's a really good test to see these teams up close, in person, in a very competitive matchup, while also understanding the nuances of travel and the nuances of these teams shifting time zones and making this long journey, you know, to to Germany and being in front of this international fan base. But what is that going to do to their ability on the football field? And will that impact maybe the high-powered offenses we've seen previously? How will you handle travel then? Oh, you know, I'm a new mom. I have a 10 and a half month year old. So I function very well on minimal sleep. I'm really hoping I can fall asleep and just sleep the entire plane ride and have amazing dreams and then hit the ground running. Uh, Once I land Friday morning, I'll head straight to Chiefs practice and meet with the team and meet with the players and really just go, you know, hard in Frankfurt and get boots on the ground, get some insights, do the game on Sunday and turn right back around on Monday to get back to TA on Tuesday. So it'll be a very quick trip. Thankfully, I know that you know, me not functioning on sleep, I can survive because I've been doing it the last 10 and a half months. But uh, no complaints when you get to travel overseas to watch a really great football game. Right. That's awesome. And yes, you have practice. Maybe that's the answer for some of the dads on these rosters. Stay up overnight with your young kiddos and that will help you adjust. You know, maybe Mahomes is going to be fantastic because he's got (laughs) two kiddos under, you know, the age of two and a half or three. So he should know what, you know, functioning on low sleep feels like. So maybe this will be his best game yet this season. You never Mm. know. In the AFC right now, we have Dolphins and Chiefs, who are both 6-2. and two. Jaguars, who've won five in a row, and they're pros at the international scene. Also 6-2, and two, plus the Ravens, who are completely different in the way that they play football. Gritty, it's gutty, sometimes it's downright ugly, and yet it has staying power. Why is that? I, I mean, all credit really goes, not all credit, right? A lot of credit, I think, this season goes to Lamar Jackson. Just seeing the emphasis on him focusing on being a quarterback this year and kind of silencing the noise around him leaving the pocket too much. There are games, and I've looked back at at some film, where there are moments where normally he would take off and run himself, but he waited in the pocket and kind of was uncomfortable in that moment and then delivered a stinger of a football that went into the end zone for a touchdown and really seeing this kind of metamorphosis and emphasis on him really getting comfortable in this new Todd Munkin offense and and understanding it. I I think he has so much ability. Obviously he's a former MVP and my co-host on total access, Mike Yam said that was his dark horse candidate for MVP this season. And I actually don't think it's too far fetched to say that if they can continue to win in these gritty situations and we see, see even more evolution 
and poise and maturity from Lamar Jackson leading the squad, if they get down in there and get their way to the playoffs, they could win this thing in a really interesting way. And I just have so much respect for the organization and what, what they're doing to sustain in these games. Agreed. And funny that you say dark horse for MVP because I felt that way about Jared Goff. I was kind of throwing the name out there, testing the water, see how it would work. And then, of course, they got completely slammed by the Ravens uh, in week number seven. However, the Lions recover. They get a victory on Monday Night Football, Kimmy. And they're now at six and two, one of the top records in the NFL. How have you seen them over the past couple of years under Dan Campbell turn into a contender? What impresses you the most? Well, I think previously we say, oh, it's the Cinderella story. It's the Cinderella story of the Detroit Lions. Let's be abundantly clear. There is nothing Cinderella story about this 2023 team. It's no longer that they're the underdogs or the fun ones to root for. It's that they're fantastically coached and have fantastic ability. They're a very, very, very good football team. And to see the excitement around this team and even, you know, looking last night during Monday Night Football, that stadium is sold out and jam-packed. And they were so incredibly, as a fan base, involved and and bought into what's happening on this Dan Campbell-led team that I think in the AFC, people better watch out because the Lions are right there at the top. And obviously, you know, a tough loss against the Ravens, but it's a good test. I think we all know that this is a league that is a weekly league and the parity between teams is incredible, but the Lions sit there in a really favorable position. They have a very favorable remaining schedule through the rest of the season, and they could be sitting on top of this thing at the end and laughing and Dan Campbell for all of his amazing sound bites can say, see, I told you we were going to bite some kneecaps. It didn't happen that season, but you know, damn right. It did happen. And now here we are competing for the big game in February. Kimmy Checks is with us from NFL Network. She's the host of NFL Total Access on weeknights, 7 o'clock Eastern, 4 o'clock Pacific. It's after hours on CBS Sports Radio. In that same division, the Vikings lose Kirk Cousins. Uh, He's gone for the season. They trade for Josh Dobbs with Arizona. What does that say to you about what they're doing moving forward, considering they had just won three in a row and were back to five hundred? I know, I know. I will say Josh Dobbs is playing his butt off, and I I am excited for him to get, you know, an opportunity. Kevin O'Connell saying, you know, praising Josh Dobbs and and how quickly he can learn, so we'll see if he's able to get in that lineup. Uh, But it's a very interesting conundrum yet again, right? I think now the Vikings fans were really excited to know the prospect of this team doing well, even, you know, in spite of Justin Jefferson not being there in that lineup. But Josh Dobbs was winning football games for the Arizona Cardinals, and you could argue that he's stepping into an even more complete roster in Minnesota. And maybe he's the dark horse darling of this team and and (laughs) has a resurgence of of competitiveness with this organization. And, you know, we'll see what happens with Justin Jefferson. I think if the Vikings are able to stay competitive in this division, maybe Justin Jefferson is able to return and they can have a run with Josh Jobs under center. But if anything, I'm excited for him to get this opportunity. Very heartbroken over the Kirk Cousins news. Um, Just knowing, you know, how great he is as a, as a man and, and as a player but again it's a it's a weekly game in the NFL right. and, and teams are just one injury and one trade and one you know decision away from really resetting the leaderboard and that's exactly what's happening right now as we approach the midway point what's another surprise from the first half that stands out to you oh that's a really great question 
Honestly, I think a, a fun surprise for me is like what's going on in the NFC South. Uh, earlier this season, I, you know, even preseason, I thought that the Saints had a lock in this division because, you know, all these young quarterbacks, Derek Carr was going to come in and, and bring some veteran presence and some stability. But that's a really wide open division. And, yes. you know, I think the AFC has gotten so much attention of, oh, they have all these teams and superstars like Burrow and, and Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and Tua. But the NFC deserves credit as well. And, you know, the NFC also has the ability to be way more open, in my opinion, than the AFC. So looking at this NFC South division between the Saints and the Texans and the Panthers and the Falcons, I think it's going to be really interesting and intriguing to see who comes out on top out of those four teams and who really makes it to the playoffs with a decent run. That's kind of my biggest, my biggest interesting nod and takeaway halfway through the season now. Yeah, so much transition in that division. We weren't exactly sure how it would play out. But as you say, it's been a bit of a surprise where you've got three teams, once again, like last season, who are nodded right there at the top. And it could take all the way through to determine the winner in the playoff team. We're getting set for a 20th anniversary celebration with NFL Network. It's crazy because I can't even imagine now following the NFL, covering the sport without the network, and yet it's been 20 years, wowzers. What does it mean to you to be part of a network that is invaluable for fans now? It's amazing. You know, my entire life, really, the NFL network has been there, and it's, it's hard for me to even conceptualize <laughs> what the NFL world is like without the presence of the network. So I just feel so grateful to be a part, a small part of this amazing, huge family, and you know, all that we've been able to accomplish in the way in which we cover the game. And I'm so grateful to step in this season, you know, into the position of co-host for NFL Total Access and understanding that we have a piece of the apple, a piece of the pie in the most interesting and competitive sports league in our country. And we get to set the tone and daily talk about the men on the football field who play the sport and, and make us love this sport. To be able to celebrate 20 years is really special. But I think if anything, it's even, you know, encourage us more that let's make the next 20 even greater than the past 20. And there's so much more to go. And, you know, as we see the league expand internationally and as we see our players, you know, be at the forefront of social justice and pop culture with Taylor Swift and all of these things, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of excitement around our sport and to be a part of it is something truly special. Your path is unique. It's not like you started on the analyst side. Uh, you were working with the league um, in, in a kind of different capacity. How did your path prepare you to be different on the air, to be a host of a show that brings a different perspective? Yeah, it's, it, honestly, I, I love that my path was, was nonlinear and, you know, kind of random because it's <laughs> given me a whole different sense and a whole different kind of viewpoint on the NFL itself and understanding that, you know, I came from very much the business side as a business analyst and, you know, was deep into the numbers and the analytics of expanding the league internationally, of our event revenue and our strategy, of how we send emails to our fans, incentivizing them to, you know, buy tickets and engage with our products. Like having that foundational understanding that's so vastly different from what I do on air is really like this amazing blessing in disguise because I know what makes our consumers tick. 
I know what our fan base looks like, both domestically and internationally. So when we put together shows and we talk about topics, I can be, you know, the loud voice in the corner that's, wait, 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 well, what about (laughs) this? And when they try to fight me on them, I'm like, no, no, no. I know the numbers. You cannot disagree with me on this one. I, I have, you know, I have the stats to back it up. So it's been this really funny and amazing journey to you know, now be a a part of the NFL in a holistic kind of 360 way, because I've seen so many different sides of the business and, you know, see how the league operates differently from our media office, but also understand how we're all one huge, you know, piece of the ecosystem. So I would not change it. And I would, Mm -hmm. you know, not trade it for anything. But to have this experience is I'm just so grateful for it and, and excited to continue to use it to my advantage and be the loud one when my producer says no <laughs> and I, I try to prove them otherwise. Oh, yes. It's always good to be the loud one when you've got some opinions that need to be heard. I am with you. All right. You can find Kimmy on Twitter at K-I-M-M-I Checks. Kimmy Checks on air NFL Total Access and it's Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday on NFL Network and she's one of the hosts there along with Mike Cam, 7 o'clock Eastern time, but also make sure you catch the coverage of the NFL Network's game in Frankfurt, Germany, Dolphins and Chiefs. Safe travels to you. Thank you so much for a couple of minutes. We'd love to have you on again. Thank you. I love it so much, Amy. You're amazing. Go Chiefs this Sunday, but also go NFL. We're poised for yet another amazing season, and I think we'll be really surprised potentially at the teams we're talking about here in a few months in February in Las Vegas. Oh, a few months. How is that possible? <laughs> but we are into November now and about to hit the midway point of the season. Awesome stuff with Kimmy, even as we're still reacting to what happened at the trade deadline and what took place in week eight. And yet we're on the cusp of week number nine, which begins with Titans and Steelers in a few hours on Amazon Prime. Uh, Let's hope we get a good game. Kenny Pickett has assured us that he will be starting, but there's also reinforcements in the form of a different Steeler. And then the Titans making a change at quarterback for the sake of a change, not so much because of injury. We'll get to a little QB news before the hour is done. But the Raiders were the ones who rocked the NFL world with the breaking news just over 24 hours ago. Josh McDaniels, And the GM, Dave Ziegler, getting fired by Mark Davis. He has since spoken out about why he made the move. And their interim head coach, a voice and a name that you'll recognize, he's got plans for the Raiders moving forward. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. Garoppolo out of the gun. There's the snap. Garoppolo back. Garoppolo going to get hit. Yes, sir. Sacked again. Alex Anzalone got him. 34 with a big play in the Lions. Takeover on down. I honestly, I, I don't know what to say at this moment. I, I truly don't. I wish I had the, the words to, you know, to say something that's not going to get blown up in the media and, and taken out of context. So I'm going to just, I, I truly, I just don't know. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. New lows for the Las Vegas Raiders. Not that long ago, I was talking about them as a possible challenger 
to the Chiefs in the AFC West. I wondered. It's not like I was sure they were going to put together a run. But when you see how they put back-to-back wins over the Packers and the Patriots together, kind of wondered, okay, is this the turning point? Have they found their footing in the Josh McDaniels era, quote-unquote? But that's followed up by then two losses in a row on the road to the NFC North. Uh, First, the Bears, who at the time were quarterbacked by Tyson Bagent, uh, and then the Lions. And as much as it's a 12-point spread, it was never really that close. And I said this on our last show. I put it out there on Twitter. I will say it again. It's one thing to fail. It's entirely another to fail in what is supposed to be your area of expertise. Josh McDaniels was hired in large part because of his offense and because of the success of his offense in New England with Tom Brady. The Raiders' offense regressed into one of the worst in the league. Underutilized weapons like Devontae Adams. The choice at quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo, even though he was dealing with injuries when they got him. And the reports are that they expected to have Tom Brady, not Jimmy Garoppolo. But underutilized weapons in Devontae and Josh Jacobs, Hunter Renfro, lots of questions about the offensive sets and the play calling. Very little cohesion, no identity for this team, and rampant frustration. Not only did the Raiders' offense not make progress, it went backwards and got worse. And literally is one of the worst in the NFL. And for that reason, Josh McDaniels, Dave Ziegler, they get fired by Mark Davis late on Tuesday night, right before we went on the air. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Antonio Pierce was the linebacker's coach. He's a Super Bowl champion himself. He takes over as the interim head coach, and he's not giving up. It's a new chapter. It's a new era. It's a new mindset. What is that mindset? It's that of the Raider pride, the commitment to excellence, and making sure our alumni, our fan base, and Raider Nation are proud of what they see on the field. Tough, passionate, effort, energy, that enthusiasm that you see when we all watched our kids and these young men who are now pro athletes play when they're in Pop Warner, having that love for the game. Antonio Pierce definitely has passion. And actually, there's a reason why he picked the Raiders. I was born a Raider. I was born with the Raiders rolling in the Coliseum in L.A. I was rolling with N.W.A. talking straight out of Compton, rocking Raider hats. So when the opportunity came to work with Josh and Pat Graham and Dave, I jumped on it. So that's what set me up for this. I was born this way. I don't know if it's Antonio Pierce's decision to make a change at quarterback, but the report coming out of Vegas is that the Raiders – are not using Jimmy Garoppolo for the rest of the season. Again, these are just reports, but that they're benching Garoppolo and they're turning to the rookie, Aiden O'Connell, as their quarterback moving forward. Now, he'd already started one game, I think one game for them, when Jimmy was in concussion protocol. Josh McDaniels had more familiarity with Brian Hoyer, so he then started when Jimmy was unavailable with the back issue. Don't know if this was the decision of Antonio Pierce, but only that 
sounds like Garoppolo's tenure may already be done in Las Vegas. If you follow Albert Breer on Twitter, he's with Monday Morning Quarterbacks, a longtime NFL reporter and insider. He's reported that in recent weeks, Mark Davis was increasingly volatile, increasingly angry. He didn't like what he was seeing with Josh McDaniels, didn't like what he was seeing with Dave Ziegler. And that he just decided enough was enough. That they had regressed and were not making forward progress. And he didn't want to see it go any further down the tube, if you will. So maybe we'll hear from Mark Davis directly at some point. There are reporters who talked with him. He just couldn't stand what he was seeing. That instead of forward motion, they were going backward. All right, we're going to dive into some QB news as well. In addition to the Aiden O'Connell piece, there are some other changes. More young quarterbacks will be starting for the NFL and various teams in week number nine. Gosh, (laughs) you think about the number of teams that have used first-year guys under center this season. We're not even officially halfway through. It's astounding. On Twitter to find me, A-Law Radio. Our Facebook page, too. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. Hurry back to throw. And it is. Is it tossed? Oh, my goodness, it's tossed. DeAndre Hopkins caught it. Back from under center. Steps back. Throws the fade. Cooper Cup's got it. Touchdown, L.A. Burrow back to throw. Looking. Firing deep for Chase in the end zone. Oh, He's yeah. got it. Mahomes fires for the end zone, caught, touchdown, Kansas City. Hand off to Eckler again, no, Herbert keeps it, end zone, touchdown, Chargers. Herbert with his second of the day. Here's the snap, Josh going to keep it himself and run it again inside the five, into the end zone, touchdown, Buffalo. Josh Allen, nine-yard touchdown run. The Bills respond and then some. It's time for QB News on After Hours. Portion of the show brought to you by Wesley Financial. Are you stuck in a timeshare and want out? Contact Wesley Financial Group now and get a free timeshare exit information kit at WesleyFinancialGroup.com. We start week nine in the NFL with a game between the Titans and the Steelers, and it's not Ryan Tannehill. Ah, no, it's Will Levis, who had four touchdowns in his NFL debut, and he is psyched for his first primetime game. I've had this game circled on schedule just because of how great the environment's going to be. I mean, I know that the, their fans are going to come out and it's going to be a nice environment. So, I mean, we're ready to handle it. And I'm just looking forward to going, taking it all in and then just uh, doing my thing. And after those four touchdown passes, three of them to DeAndre Hopkins in the Titans game last weekend. Well, yeah, he admits he's not going to sneak up on anybody. Obviously, now it's the first time that there's four quarters of film on me, and people might have an idea of what they want to do. So, I mean, 
not that it's going to change, you know, necessarily how I play, but uh, just something to keep in mind. After the performance that he had last week, I think that's only going to make him play better and uh, continue to get the guys around him to buy into what he's doing. Um, I think they're doing some good things offensively as far as still being able to run the ball. The play pass is there, and I uh, see a guy that's on the rise. Yeah, not only did Derrick Henry have over 100 yards for the Titans, but Levis had 238 through the air plus the four scores. And T.J. Watt recognizes he's a hot quarterback. He's young. He's relatively new. And he poses a variety of challenges. So that's Pittsburgh hosting Tennessee to kick off week nine in the NFL. Kenny Pickett, he was off the field for the second half of last week's game and has indicated that despite the rib injury that he is absolutely a go for Thursday night, but he recognizes the offense has got to do some work. Execute. It's not about scripting. It's not about anything. It's about us playing and, and, and being better than we're doing right now. It's not where it needs to be. Um, but it has to get better. The Jaguars made quick work of the Steelers last week, and now Jacksonville's won five in a row while the Steelers are sitting there in a three-way tie with the AFC North and Browns and the Bengals at four and three looking up at the Ravens in that division. It's, it's after, a fight. It always is a fight. <laughs> it's after hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. I'm not sure if you saw the photos that Kirk Cousins, well, his family's wife posted, uh, but he had his surgery uh, to repair the torn Achilles. The Vikings have to move forward without him. Kwesi Adolfo Mensa talking about his veteran QB. My thoughts are with Kirk. I actually just texted with him. He got out of surgery uh, the other day. And obviously, this is the first time I'm getting to talk since uh, that unfortunate play. Uh, he was playing really great football for us. Um, these last four games, I think we had already talked about, he was playing some of the best football in the league. Um, so it was unfortunate to see that happen. Uh, but was really... I don't want to say refreshing, but kind of re-energized me was talking with Kirk and the way his mind works. He's so process-oriented and so intentional. He's talking about being back at OTAs and doing all the different things and where his schedule is going to be. And just that's how his mind works. So that's how my mind went. The Vikings on the road at the Packers last weekend, and it wasn't until middle of the fourth quarter that Cousins had to hop off the field with the torn Achilles. But he had guided back-to-back touchdown drives to start the second half. T.J. Hawkinson, Jordan Addison, Alexander Madison, uh, K.J. Osborne. Kirk Cousins was the glue that held that group together. And, of course, they were waiting for Justin Jefferson to get back. So the Vikings had won three games in a row to get back to 500, only to lose their veteran leader. And so at the trade deadline, they bring in Josh Dobbs from Arizona. Kwesi Adolfo Mensa, the GM of the Vikings. Does that mean he's in line to be QB1? Like any position, you try and upgrade the talent of the, of the place uh, in, the, in the room. Um, so liked what he had um, in terms of what he saw, what I've seen from him on film. We also really like Jaron Hall. We like Nick Mullins. It's not to say anything about our quarterback room. Uh, just with Nick's coming back from his uh, injury, just a little uncertainty there. So I don't want to say insurance. And then, you know, he ends up playing and, well, Quasi didn't know. Uh, you know, it's it's you always try and upgrade the talent in the room. Whenever chance you have an opportunity to do so, you do so. Jaron Hall being the rookie quarterback. The Vikings will start this weekend. Guess what? He is the eighth. The eighth rookie QB to start a game in the NFL in 2023. And as you can imagine, he is all in and ready to go. Happy to be here. Uh, looking forward to this opportunity this week. Um, 
Got a good task at hand for us in, in Atlanta at their place. They're uh, you know, leading their division, playing really good football right now. Uh, but for us, it's just keeping it, you know, one and all mindset, just focusing on our prep each and every day and you know, just taking it small and simple and, and building up to game day. The Vikings will not have the benefit of the home crowd in Minneapolis. Instead, they'll be on the road at the Falcons. And we'll talk about the Falcons and their quarterback situation coming up here momentarily. It's after hours on CBS Sports Radio. A little QB news. But while we're in the NFC North, well, let's talk about the Packers. A lot of rumblings around Green Bay. Did the Packers make a mistake with Jordan Love? Well, what does the general manager, Brian Gunku, see so far in his young QB? A little bit up and down like our entire offense, right? You know, I think um, it's been a, a work in progress for the entire offense. There's been glimpses, particularly in the second halves, of really good football. Um, but we have not started very well. So I think uh, that, that group, that unit as a whole, has a lot of work to do. But at the same time, I think um, they're kind of committed to, pro- to the process, believing that that group of guys and, um, you know, expect better results coming. Well, with the process, they've had some injuries they're navigating, specifically Aaron Jones. He was out for a handful of games. Um, And the Packers started out really hot. Jordan Love started out with what looked to be an opportunity there, right, to to make the Packers forget about Aaron Rodgers, quote-unquote. Um, he looked fluid. He looked comfortable. But it's it's gone backwards. It, there's been regression there. A little bit like the Raiders, I suppose. Uh, but Gutenkunst isn't ready to either write him off or close the book or even give a final assessment. We've got 10 games left. It's going to be very important 10 games. And, um, you know, I think he's done a lot of really good things. Really like the way he's responded to, to the adversity, uh, how he's led the team. Um, you know, again, we got to be better as a unit, and uh, I expect that to happen over the next 10 games. Um, and, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, we're going through some things um, that we knew we would go through. Um, you know, we haven't had the results we want, but I do like the way the guys are responding to things. Packers have dropped four in a row, and in that span, Jordan Love has four touchdown passes but seven interceptions. It was the complete opposite in their first three games when he had seven TDs and only one pick. The offense definitely struggled and scuffled. Uh, and get this, opponents have outscored Green Bay 73-9 to in the first half of the past five games. So major issue for them is that they start so unbelievably slow, they put themselves in a really tough position. They put their defense in a really tough position. Uh, so we'll see how the Packers can respond moving forward, but they are not benching Jordan Love. That's not happening. Green Bay hosting the Rams this weekend. It's going to be hard to cancel me. <laughs> it's after hours, CBS Sports Radio. Okay, back to the Falcons hosting the Vikings. Head coach Arthur Smith has a change. It's Taylor Heineke time again. Just for this week, you know, just with all the variables, you know, just kind of consider everything the last 72 hours and what we feel is good, best for this week. For us, uh, you know, against Minnesota, Taylor will play this week. Taylor Heineke rides again. How many times did he take over as the starting QB with Ron Rivera in Washington? So now he's in Atlanta, and there he is. He's popping up again. And Coach says there's more to this. It's not just about benching Desmond Ritter. There's a lot of variables, you know, and then really just, like I said, considering the last 72 hours and just kind of where we're at right now going into this week, in Minnesota, getting ready to play the Vikings. Obviously, a really good team coming in here is going with Taylor, and that's why he's here right now. And, uh, you know, obviously did a lot of – Des went through all those tests. He's clear. 
be available, but just right now in the short term, uh, it'll be tailored this Sunday. Concussion protocol. He was cleared. The Falcons are four and four. The Saints are four and four on top of the NFC South. Uh, speaking of injuries, Josh Allen limited in practice for the Bills with a shoulder issue. So how's he feeling? Obviously unfortunate. It's when it's your throwing shoulder and um, as, a, as a thrower, you don't like feeling any sort of, I wouldn't even call it pain, just discomfort um, in there. And uh, so we're just trying to stay on top of it and get ahead of it while we can. And um, obviously, I hate not practicing. I hate not being um, involved in what we're doing. Um, but at the same time, I know this is probably what's best. And, and again, just putting myself in the best situation to make sure that I'm ready to go uh, tomorrow and, and for Sunday. Speaking of Sunday, it is a marquee matchup on Sunday night football, the Bills and the Bengals. Uh, rematch in this iteration where it's the Josh Allen and the Joe Burrow eras. And so that's not what Bill's Mafia wants to hear about him having some pain and discomfort in his throwing shoulder, uh, wants to be full tilt, wants to go all out, wants to be ready. No way to rush that type of healing. And yeah, a lot of quarterbacks, a lot of players are dealing with bumps and bruises and minor issues. Let's hope that does not limit Josh. Also, It would help if he doesn't get hit a whole lot. It's After Hours, CBS Sports Radio.